Thank you for joining us on our podcast for Faith Center Church. We hope today's message builds you up and brings you hope right where you're at. Hope you enjoyed the message. Somebody just say thank you, Jesus, for the blessing. Amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. Thankful for the blessing this morning, aren't you? Thank you, praise team. Thankful for his, well, what is the blessing, Pastor Manny? Well, it's many things. One definition for the word blessing is to be divinely empowered. That you're able to do things that you would not normally be able to do without his hand on your life to do it. There's another definition that is like to be happy. But this is not just a word that to be happy because of a happening. I hope you're listening right now. It's, it's a stronger word than that, to be happy. Well, I'm happy because I've got this happening, so therefore I'm happy. But the word bless really means to be happy, but it's not based upon this happiness that we now have when we know that we're blessed because he's blessed us. It's not based on a situation. It's based on a revelation of who is on the inside of you. And you know, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I don't do this all the time, but when we sang that song talking about a breaking. Let me tell you something I just heard in my spirit. That there is a breaking right now. There is a shifting right now. But this is what I heard. It may not be what we think. It may not come the way we think it's going to come. It may not look the way you think it's going to look. I'm just telling you how I heard it. Sometimes when we th- talk about a breaking and a breakthrough, we talk about, we, we, we sometimes we interpret that as lightning bolts and, and God speaking with this thunderous voice. And he can certainly do that because he's God. But I've come to tell you the breakthrough that I believe. I heard him say it's coming in this way. Be listening for the still, small voice. It may not come as a thunderbolt, a lightning bolt. It may just be your breakthrough that's coming. Yes, and it's coming. It's not about to come. It's It's here. But it is you and I just simply having an ear to hear. Hey, Manny, go this way. Hey, Manny, do this. Make this decision. That's your breakthrough right there. It's just having an ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. That's part of the blessing. Amen? Amen. Well, are you ready to get into the Word? Well, I got three people ready. All right. No, I'm just, I know <laughs> we got more than three. I know you're ready. I just like to say that. I just like to say that. But let's go to Luke chapter 19. That's where we're going to be this morning. Just want to share with you uh, a word I believe he's put in my heart for this morning. I want to thank you so much for being here. We're still rejoicing over the eight people that were baptized last Sunday. Wasn't that awesome? So proud of you guys for taking that step and uh, um, going public with your faith and letting us know as a family, as your family, about the decision you've made to follow Christ. It is without any doubt the greatest decision and most important decision you'll ever make. And we're excited for you. I, I want to just uh, talk about Zacchaeus. 
uh, and his, his story and, and what we can find and we see the account that Luke gives us in Luke 19. And this is more than just a Sunday school lesson. Let me just tell you that right off the bat. Uh, this is more than just knowing a, the little song. How many of you remember the song maybe growing up in Sunday school? Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a, a wee little man was he. Well, this is going to be much more than just a little Sunday school lesson. I believe as we always pray that the Lord would speak through us this morning and it would have meaning and it would have an impact and you would be able to take what you get today, what you hear today from God's Word, and you'll be able to use it and apply it and see it produce fruit in your life. Amen. I believe I'm in that kind of a church. Luke 19, 19 beginning in verse 1. Just going to read a little bit. Let's read it together. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through during his ministry. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He gives us, the Bible tells us a little bit about Zacchaeus. Not a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector. And he had some money. The brother was loaded. He was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But being a short man, many of us are familiar when we hear Zacchaeus, well, he was a short dude. And that's true. There it is right there. But being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, that's very significant, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, would everybody just say with me, Zacchaeus, thank you, come down immediately, I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to shout and praise God and thank God that he was getting ready to change someone's life. No, that's not what it says, is it? Just want to make sure that's what it should have, that's what it should have been, but it wasn't. Come on, I'm going to preach today. But it said no, not that they were praising and giving God praise for what Jesus was doing. No, no, it said, and the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be with that guest, with the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, he probably did. That's why he said that. Can we just be honest in the house of God? If I've cheated anybody out of anything, again, he was a chief tax collector not just a tax collector. I will pay back four times the amount. That was more than what was required in that time. Four times was way more that was required in that time uh, during the, in their Jewish custom. So the brother, he meant what he was saying. It wasn't just lip service. There was something happening all because of his encounter with Jesus. And Jesus said to him today, everybody say today. Who came expecting God to do something today? I, I believe that you did. Today, salvation has come to this house. Because this man too, notice, notice the change in the, in the vocabulary. Notice the change. No longer a sinner. Oh, he's, he's, with, he's, he's at that sinner's house. Watch this. Be careful to don't let people call you something that you're really not. Watch this. 
where the people called him a sinner. He's going to hang out with that sinner. What did Jesus say of Zacchaeus? Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son. Not a sinner, a son. He was Jewish, a son of Abraham. In verse 10, where I'm going to stop, for the Son of Man came. Do you want to know what our vision here is at Faith Center Church? Here it is right here. Part of it. Part of it. Yes, we are to equip the saints. But here's another side of it right here. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. That's what Jesus was about. He came to seek and to save the lost. And that's what he did with Zacchaeus. Let's talk about it for just a little bit. Lord, help me today be uh, concise and clear so that we can uh, do our communion and still get out on time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. I want to just use for a title, he still knows my name. He still knows your name. I want to talk about Zacchaeus, the tax collector, the tree, and the transformation. That's what happened in these verses I just read to you. A tax collector, a chief tax collector. That tells us right there, there was a reason he was loaded. Because in this time, a tax collector, a chief tax collector, the Jewish people were under Roman law. So, Zacchaeus, being a Jew, we just established that he worked for the Roman government because God's people were under Roman rule. Therefore, they were taxed by the Roman government. And it was part of Zacchaeus's job to collect those taxes, hear me, from God's people. And when you really, really study what the Word of God teaches about the, uh, ch the chief tax collectors, Oftentimes they were hated by the Jewish people because those were the ones that were not only just taking their money, but they would oftentimes keep some of it for themselves. So they did not have a good reputation. They were not looked upon. So that makes more sense now when we just read the Bible for what it says. And instead of the people praising about what was happening to Zacchaeus, they were muttering. Why? Because of Zacchaeus's past and his occupation and what he did. So we look at this and we see what he did. And the Bible also tells us another thing. You know, the Bible doesn't always tell physical attributes, but it does tell us that Zacchaeus was a small man. He was short in stature. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us how big Peter's nose was. The Bible doesn't tell us how big Moses' hand was that held that rod over the Red Sea. You want to know why he didn't tell us that? Because we didn't need to know about that. But if he's going to tell us the brother was short, there's a reason why the Bible is telling us he was short. Want to know why? Because, see, he was short in stature. And we, he had a insecurity, and I think oftentimes, church, if we could just be real, we all can identify with the fact that we all sometimes can feel small. I believe that's one of the reasons why we see that Zacchaeus was a short man. He had an insecurity. Might have looked at himself a little bit different than other people because he was short. He was small. And I just know that sometimes, church, in, in life, we can all identify in one way or another 
we have certain insecurities, certain things about ourselves that we just don't think that we measure up. That's why it's in the Bible. Because church, I believe this. You know, there's people that we know in the Bible that were tall. But oftentimes, the people that were tall, it does not come with a good connotation behind it. When you think of tall people, you think of one being Goliath. Come on, he was the enemy. He was the adversary, right? Tall, that was Goliath. What about Saul, the first king of Israel? The Bible says he was head and shoulders above everybody else. He was tall. He was handsome, the Bible says. He had it going on. But you know what? He was tall. He looked good on the outside. But it was because of Saul's heart turning against God. He was, no, he was rejected as king. What does that tell us? You can have it going on on the outside. But if you don't have the heart that is right to go with it. And see, I think that teaches us a lesson that, see, we cannot control, hear me today, how tall we are. Oh, it had been nice to have been a little taller. I'm just going to be honest. But I had no control over how tall I am. But what I can control is my heart. That's why the Bible talks about guarding your heart. Because, see, we can all feel small. But what do we do, church, when we have those feelings of insecurity? What do we do? Well, we should take those insecurities to our Lord. We should go to Jesus with them, not hide them. But oftentimes, come on, let's talk about the culture that we live in today. Instead of seeing our shortcomings. Come on, the Bible says all have sinned and fall short. So that means we all have things that could cause us to feel insecure, not worthy, not good enough, not smart enough, not talented enough. But you see, what I want you to hear this morning is that those things in our life should cause us to come to Jesus And that's what we learned from this story that Zacchaeus was small and he was a little bit shady. Can I just preach it real in his dealings? But he was still searching. He was still wanting to see this man named Jesus. He was still searching. He had some insecurity, but he was still searching. But oftentimes in this culture we live in, instead of seeing our shortcomings, what we want to do is we want to share our status. We want people to see, you know, our status, but we fail to share and see our shortcomings. Because if we would just come to know this morning that that's, What happened to Zacchaeus? He came to Jesus in spite of his shortcomings, in spite of his shadiness. He came to Jesus. So even if you feel that way this morning, insecure, maybe that God doesn't love me anymore, you need to hear me today. That's not true. In fact, that's why you're here today. That's why he's here today. His presence is here today. To reassure you and to let you know. He still knows your name. 
But we all can feel a little small. Let's just be honest. But here's what I want you to hear too. We can all seek Jesus. That's what we learned from this passage. We can all still seek Jesus. We can come to Him as we are. And just in spite of what we've been through, in spite of what's happened to us, and in spite of maybe how we feel inadequate and unworthy, I'm here to tell you today, you can still come to Jesus. He's here for you today. Isn't that awesome to know that no matter where you are in life, you can come to Jesus today and he'll receive you right where you are. We can all come to Jesus. We can all seek Jesus. But you know what? The crowds, Bible also talked about the crowd as Zacchaeus was trying to get to Jesus. The Bible says he couldn't see Jesus because of the crowd. So what did he do? That's why he climbed the tree, right? So he could see Jesus. He could not see Jesus because he was short and because of the crowd. There's a lesson in that for us today, church. See, the crowd represents those that will try to impair our vision. I want to submit to you today, this is a church, but we are not a crowd We are a family. We are a family because when you study the word of God, the crowds, the crowds only got close to Jesus to get what they could get from Jesus. We're not a crowd today. My name is Jimmy. I'll take all you can give me. Thank God for all that he gives us, but we are not a crowd. We are a family. The crowds never changed anything, but it was those that were committed that changed everything. And that's who we are. We're not a crowd. We're a family. We are those that are committed to the Lord and to one another. That's why, church, we are reinstalling these life groups. We want to get our life groups running again. We want to get our growth track running again. Why? Because you're not in a crowd today. You're a part of a family. I'm preaching okay today. You're not in a crowd. You may be in a crowd, but this is not a crowd. We are a family, and we are all connected. We are all part of a family. We are all here today because there's something that God wants to do in each one of us. And you know what? We have to understand that there are people in our lives. Just like with Zacchaeus, there was a crowd that he had to get through. There was a crowd that he had to run by. To get to Jesus. And all that simply means for us today, church, is to understand there are people in our lives that will try to impair our vision. You have to be careful. See, we we all have a crowd. Come on. We all can seek Jesus, but we all have a crowd. But don't let the crowd, come on. I might just be talking about one person that comes to mind right now that is trying to impair your vision of what God, you know God is given to you, what God has been speaking to you, what God has been saying to you, where God is wanting to take you. You have to be careful that you don't allow people to impair your vision. Basically, very plainly put, you cannot allow people to keep you from seeing Jesus. And that was Zacchaeus. There's always going to be a crowd, but don't let the crowd become an excuse. He still climbed the tree. You got to hear me today. He still climbed that tree. That's important for us to know today, church. 
because there are people that will try to hinder our vision. I believe right now more than ever, I believe that's why we're wanting to get, stay connected as a church. Yes, in spite of and because of everything that's going on, a world that seems to be pulling apart at the seams, a world that seems to be going further and further and further and further away from the truth needs a church that's coming together, coming together, coming together, coming together like never before, standing on the truth, being taught the truth, living out the truth. Why? Because it's the truth that sets us free. And when you and I, church, will be walking in the truth, we can help other people walk in the truth. We're not a crowd, we're a family. And we want to see everybody in this house walking in the truth. All we want to try to do is get you close enough to Jesus. Because that's exactly what happened to Zacchaeus. Even though he had some insecurities. Come on, I'm getting to the end. Didn't want to go real long today. Even though he had some shortcomings. Come on, welcome to the family. God still called you anyway. God has still anointed you anyway. God has still gifted you anyway. He knew where you were going to be a little bit short. Me too. Hello, and he still called me. Still called you. Still knows your name. Now more than ever, it's time for us to come together because of what's happening. And I believe that's why our, our groups will really help us so that we can just simply stay connected, so that we can grow together. Come on, now's the time again is to don't let the crowd keep you from seeing Jesus, but get around the people that are going to help you in your walk with Jesus that are going to encourage you and, it, and help you in your gifts and in your calling and to see you walk in the blessing of the Lord. Yeah, that what we just sang about. That's why we do what we do. I love that. And I love this story because it shows us just that. And then I think what really brings it all home is that after, yes, Zacchaeus was willing to pursue in spite of his insecurity. In spite of the crowd, oh yes, he climbed that tree so that he could see Jesus. And here's what I want you to see. Something very powerful happened. Once he climbed the tree, the Bible says that Jesus was passing through. And the Bible says, I read it to you. I'm going to read it to you again just to make sure you caught it. He reached the spot. Mom is all over it this morning. Notice what it said here. I'll read it to you. When, verse 5, when Jesus reached the spot. What spot? The spot where Zacchaeus was. So wait a minute. Was Zacchaeus seeking after Jesus or was Jesus seeking after Zacchaeus? Jesus knew right where Zacchaeus was. I'm here to tell you, he knows right where you are. And he loves you that much that he's coming right to your spot where you are. He is stopping on a dime right where you are because he wants you to know, very simply put today, not going over anybody's head today, just to let you know he is stopping at that spot because he just wants you to know he still knows your name. 
And what did he say after he reached the spot? He called him by name, didn't he? Even though he had some shortcomings, even though he wasn't doing everything just right, even though he was a little shady, even though he had a horrible reputation with the Jewish people, even though he had probably done some folks wrong, Jesus still called his name. Zacchaeus, watch this in closing. What does Zacchaeus' name mean? Zacchaeus was a Jew. Jewish people, when they named their children, they named them. They didn't just give them a name just to give them a name. When they were named, it spoke of their destiny in God. Zacchaeus' name means this. Are you ready for this? Pure innocent and righteous. That's the Hebrew derivative of the word Zacchaeus, the name Zacchaeus. It means pure, innocent, and righteous. But hear me, church, that was everything that Zacchaeus was not up to that point. What's the beauty in that? What's the beauty in knowing he's still calling your name today? Because he never calls us based on where we are or where we've been in life. He always calls us based on who we are. You're pure. You're righteous. You have purpose on the inside of you. He calls you by name and that's what he did. He called him by name. And it even gets better. Not only did he call him by name, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. I must stay at your house today. And when Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house, I read it to you. That's where the transformation took place. And I've always looked at this account. I've always studied this and I've preached this before, not this message, but I've preached from Zacchaeus before. And I've always looked at that. It never tells us what Jesus said to Zacchaeus in his house. It just says, come down. And Zacchaeus called him by name, told him to come down from that tree. I must stay at your house today. And we know that they did go into the house. And then all we know, the scripture tells us that today, it says today salvation has come to this house That was the day that Zacchaeus experienced transformation. And he said, you know, you know there's proof in that when you know there's been a heart change. I've done some people wrong. And everybody I've done wrong, I'm going to make it right. Come on, how do you know when you don't do right, you can always make it right. When you know the conviction of the Holy Spirit, that's part of the transformation. That was Zacchaeus. I've done some people wrong. And if I I have, I'll go to them and I'll make it right. I'm even going to give them more than what's expected. That's when you know there's really been a change. That was Zacchaeus. But what is so beautiful, the Bible doesn't tell us what Jesus and Zacchaeus talked about in his house. You want to know why I think that is? The Bible doesn't have to tell us. The Bible tells us enough. It was by just simply calling his name. That was enough. He said, Zacchaeus, the Bible says, watch this now. He looked up because he was in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, watch this. This is what changed Zacchaeus' life. When everybody else was looking down on Zacchaeus because of his track record, because of his past, because of how he had done people wrong, everybody else had looked down upon him. Remember, they muttered, how could Jesus go hang with this sinner? Come on. When everybody was looking down upon Zacchaeus, Jesus looked up at him. 
and said, I got to go to your house today. I got to go hang with you today. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. In that house, you know he had to have a nice crib. Come on. A chief tax collector, wealthy, probably had an infinity pool. Come on, somebody. Had it going on. But watch this. We never hear what Jesus said in the house. I think it was unspoken. Just the fact that he was willing. He didn't have to say anything. Just the fact that he was willing to come to my house. Oh, yes. That house was built probably by using money. Mismanaging money built that house. But Jesus still came in anyway. That's what changed Zacchaeus' life. He didn't say anything. He didn't have to because he called him by name and he stopped. That ought to be good enough for us today, church, to know that he is stopping on our behalf. Wait a minute. I'm still here for you. I still know you by name. You're still called. You're still anointed. You're still appointed. You are still going to be used for the kingdom of God. You got to know that today. So many times we talk ourselves out because of what we've done or where we've been. Come on, we sang the song today. It's because of what he's done. It's because of what he said. He stopped and looked up and said, I'm going to go to your house today. Because just think about it. That had to minister to Zacchaeus in such a way. Well, it did. To produce a change in his life. Because when he stopped. He wasn't stopping to heal somebody. He wasn't stopping to lay hands on somebody. He was stopping for Zacchaeus. And he said I'm going to go to your house today. Watch this. He went to his house. And he didn't have to say anything. Because he had already said it. And I want to just close by saying this he wants you to know something he still knows your name and he is stopping right where you are isn't that an awesome God that we serve that will do that oh yes yeah even in those places we don't want nobody to know about he's stopping right there to let you know if you're broken you can be healed why because he is stopping right where you are, and he still knows your name. Broken, but he still knows you. And he is here to bring healing to that broken place. Come on, if you're confused, I want you to know something today. He is stopping right in the middle of that confusion. And he says to you, yes, you might be at that place of confusion. Your world has been turned upside down. You don't know what's going on. You need to know something. When you don't know, God knows. And he knows enough to love you enough and stop right where you are in the middle of your confusion. Am I talking to anybody today? He stops right in the middle of your confusion and he says, walk in my peace. I am your peace. He stops right in the middle of your confusion. And if you'll just... Let him stay in your house. Jesus wasn't in any hurry to leave that house. 
Will you let him stay long enough in your situation and not try to, oh, Jesus, you don't want to be in here. Yes, he does. That's why he stopped, and that's why he went to Zacchaeus' house. Do you need his peace today? Well, he's stopping by to let you know, I'm here to give you peace. He may not change your situation tomorrow, but he can change you right in the middle of your situation where you leave this place knowing you have the peace of God that helps you to stand. If you're dabbling in perversion, He's stopping your way today to let you know if you're walking in perversion, you can let him bring purity to your life. He'll make you pure. If you're walking in perversion, he comes today to let you know how bring purity. But you have to recognize it. He still knows your name. He knows where you're at. He knows where you're at. He knows Everything about everything. And he just simply says to you today, I know your name. I know where you are. And I'm here today to stop right where you are. To simply say, will you let me in? Will you let me just simply be for you what I want to be? What you need me to be? Because he still knows your name. If you know that he still knows your name, I want you to give him a hand clap of praise. That's good news today. That's good news today. He still knows your name. I'm going to ask our ushers to get ready for communion. We're going to have them pass the elements here in just a moment. But can we do this? Because if you're a guest today, we want you to know you're welcome to receive communion with us. The only prerequisite, the only requirement is, according to the Bible, according to the Word, is that you must first be born again. You must be saved. And so if you're here today, in fact, as the ushers are getting ready, just before y'all begin passing, can I just have everybody close, uh, bow their heads real quickly? This will not take long. If you're here today and you have never responded to Jesus like today. I gave you a great example like Zacchaeus. You don't know what it's like to have Jesus come your way. You don't know what it's like. You've never experienced that day where it says today salvation has come. All because of him seeking out Jesus. Yeah, right in the middle of his sin and wrongdoing, he still was seeking out the answer. We want you to know today, the Bible says that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. If you're here today and you would just acknowledge the fact that you're lost, what does that mean? Just simply means separated from God. Just simply means you're dead in your sin. Void of the life of God. Void of a relationship with God. And you would just be honest and say, that's me. I don't know Christ. I don't know Jesus. I've never opened up my heart. I don't know today, like many people here, that if I was to die, that heaven would be my home. I'm so glad you came. I just want you to know this before I ask you to respond if you need to. 
He's stopping right where you are today. And he simply says this. I know where you are. I know where you've been. I know every mistake you've made. Guess what? And I still love you. And I've paid the price for every one of those sins. On the cross by shedding my blood. And all you have to do is just say, that's me. I recognize today I'm, I need his salvation. I need to know today that I'm no longer a sinner. The only thing that takes care of the sin problem is what Jesus did on the cross. And by us confessing him with our mouth and believing in our heart by faith that he is the son of God, that he really did come to this earth to seek and to save every lost person, every person that's far from him. If that's you today, will you just lift your hand right now? If that's you, I see that hand. I see two people in the back. Praise God. You're just simply saying, that's me today. Anybody else? Come on, lift it up. You're going to be able to receive communion for the first time today as a brand new born again child of God. It's not because of what we do or don't do. It's because of what's already been done for us. The blood covers our sin today. And that's what communion is all about. His body and his blood that was given for us. Why? So that we could be saved and not stay in our lost state and condition. Separated from God. Anybody else just lift it up now? Anybody else? All right. Can we all just pray this prayer together? Church family, this is for those that have raised their hand today. Would you just say this? Say this. Say, Jesus, thank you for coming to my spot today. For loving me enough. For coming right where I am. With your word. With your love. With your truth. With your forgiveness. With your salvation. Today I receive that. By faith, I call upon you. I confess you as my Lord. I believe in my heart that you are raised from the dead and that you are Lord. You are King. Today, I'm no longer a sinner. I'm a son or a daughter. Thank you for taking me in. Thank you for changing me from the inside out. I repent of my sin. I turn from my way and I turn to you as you help me do it by your Holy Spirit. Help me to live for you from this day forward. Thank you for the change that you've made in me today. Never to be the same. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, can we give God praise for two more people making decisions for Christ today? Now, we want to make sure that those two people, God bless you both this morning, that you are able to receive communion. Our ushers have been passing out. And let me give you instruction. I hope that nobody has uh, tried to open anything just yet because these are a little different. Did you already do it? Did you figure it out? You're smart people. But we've done, this is a little different. The wafer was on top. If you haven't done anything with yours, let me give you some instruction. The, the wafer, the cracker is on top. And then, of course, the juice is in the bottom. So you have to rip off the little clear plastic on the top to get to your wafer. And we'll take the wafer first in just a moment. And then you rip off the rest of it for your juice cup. 
And as uh, I got to tell you, you know, this is certainly, we know the symbolic symbolism of this. This is what Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago on the cross. The real breakthrough, the greatest breakthrough happened 2,000 years ago. And if you were here last time for communion, the crackers tasted about 2,000 years old. Thank you for not quitting church because of that. That was just an oversight on our part. But we've corrected it. If you were, don't know what I'm talking about, we just had some old crackers by mistake that we used and they didn't taste very good. So we have good wafers today that are going to taste good in Jesus' name. But you know what, church family? Let's take the, the wafer today. It's actually what I talked about. <laughs> Zacchaeus. The tax collector who was transformed. The sinner who became a son. That's why we do this. Please don't ever think this is just something we do just to do. It's at the end of the service. It's just what we do. No, this right here was the greatest breakthrough that ever took place on planet earth. That he would do what we could not do. And save ourselves. And earn our way to heaven because of doing good things that... That will never get anybody to heaven. I don't care how hard you try. You will never get to heaven by human effort. That's called religion. We go to heaven because of a relationship we have with our Lord and Savior. The Jesus that I talked about today. That's still in the saving business. That still is looking for people. The lost. Seeking and saving the lost. He went to where Zacchaeus was. And I'm just thankful today that you and I, those of us that are born again, we know too. You still remember that place, whether it was 10 years ago, a year ago, 20 years ago. You remember that place where he stopped on your behalf and you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. So with that, we just say thank you right now. Would you take the bread? And we know what the Bible says. Let's take it together. When he spoke to his followers and he said, this is took the bread and he said this is my body broken for you eat it's what he did for us on the cross that's why we remember no longer lost but now saved no longer broken but made whole i speak to those that have had some infirmities sick in your body come on i don't know if i don't care if it's an allergy or a whatever it is a heart blockage whatever it is we're no longer sick but we've been made well Receive your healing right now if that's you. Put your hand on your body and receive your healing right now as a recipient of what God's already, the Christ already did on the cross for you by his stripes. That's why we do this. So now let's take the cup. That's why that verse is in the Bible. By his stripes, by the blood that he shed, his back was ripped open for our healing. His blood shed for our healing. So today, we take the cup. Let's drink together. Father, we thank you for the bread, for the body, for your body. We thank you for the blood. For our salvation because of your death on the cross and resurrection. For our healing because of the stripes. It's all right. Because of the stripes you took on your back. We say thank you. That's why we do this in remembrance of what he's done 
If you're thankful today, church, for what he's done, can we just give him praise right now, right where we're sitting? Can we just say thank you for the cross? Thank you for the blood that never loses its power. Can you just say thank you for the healing in my body today? Thank you. Can we just take a moment and say thank you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for using us as a church during this time that we're living in. People being born again. And I just want to say this. Now that we know Jesus, now that we've been transformed and changed because of what he did for us, may we be the church that will go out and do what he did. He didn't just save, he seeked and saved. May we be those that will go out and seek those that are lost and see them saved. Would you do that today? Would you just lift your hand right now? We're ending right on time. Come on. Would you just say this with me? Say, Father, use me this week to go out and seek out somebody that does not know you and watch you do a work in their life. Give me the words to say. Help me to just be a vessel that you can work through. It's not my words, but it'll be your words speaking through me. And we'll see other people saved for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen.